2: What is it that blocks us from connection with our soul? And if it's real, why am I not in contact with it? Religious paths and spiritual teachings talk about this, pose this question, and we all would agree, those of us in spiritual work, that what keeps coming up into the surface is the the block to this connection is the human ego. And just what exactly is that? What is the human ego? Tonight's show is about this illusion of ego. And the reality of the human soul. And I've got my co host tonight, Irma Francis, to talk to me about it. Hey Irma, how you doing?
3: Hi, Ernie. I'm fine. I, I love the uh topic for tonight's show. I mean, it, it's um it's pretty much the the way my life path has gone. This this sums it all up. The soul and the ego. And so um I I <laughs> Looking
2: forward to this
3: dialogue with you tonight, Ernie.
2: Yeah, well, it's a, it's a. I think a lot of people that have done spiritual work have heard about the illusions of the human ego, and um, but we don't spend a whole lot of time talking about the reality of the human soul. <laughs> uh, in fact, we spent more time talking about the ego and very little time talking about the soul. So tonight, hopefully, what you and I can do is maybe beat. Beat both of those around a little bit in our discussion, um, the difference between those two realities possibly, and why we focus so much on the ego and why we give it so much station, but yet we give the human soul so little station in our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. do you find that a mm-hmm.
2: I know. I know I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, something I just jotted down so I could really have focus and clarity for the show tonight is... Um, what I jotted down was: uh, soul reality is an authentic, deep, and compassionate experience of life, versus the ego illusions—a self-image that can trick us with false impressions, deceptions, and fantasies. And, and to me, mm-hmm. that that really clarified um, the the differences between the two and and um, why do we give um ego why why we let ego take the lead is because it's tricky it it can trick us with false impressions deceptions and fantasies and it's it's kind of like you know even even if you do wake up and and have a sense of your soul and and your soul is leading you and you're awake in that it can be so easy to just be tricked by the ego and you're right back into those um, deceptions and, and um, false impressions of the ego.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a good place maybe to, uh, to, to start with this is at the beginning, you know, and part of what I'm writing about these days is, um, is the human condition from birth to death. And Irma and I've spent many times off the off the air talking about it. And uh I discovered um I don't know, maybe a, a few months ago that uh, science found out that when a sperm comes in contact with an egg that a burst of light happens. And in fact that the, the brightness of that light is determined uh by how healthy the egg is. Uh so uh so when I saw that, I thought, well, I can stop using analogies now because my, my symbol for the soul uh, back when I was 27 years old was a candle. <laughs> and I used mm-hmm. to say that the candle, this this spark to life that is the human candle needs oxygen to burn. And, and literally it is encased by ego, which, which chokes off that oxygen. And now I don't have to use that metaphor anymore. I now have a real human spark, a real birth. Of the soul. What's interesting about Mm -hmm. that, Irma, is is that, uh, as you and I have talked about before, is that we are this uh, incarnate soul that is about to be contained inside the human body and uh, and become a a human being. And that Mm -hmm. process takes place inside the womb very quickly. It takes like uh, four to five weeks, I think, uh, before the brain and spinal cord and heart are formed. And uh, and as that is taking shape, there's a, there's a period of time that the baby is becoming synchronized with the heart of the mother, or I, as I say, the heart of the creator. And so this, this birth of the human soul is real, and its reality, ironically, is only about three years long um, mm. because, because we're then cut off from it by the ego, um, and that happens with the onset of language so i'm I'm saying in in the in the stuff that I'm writing these days that uh, we have about two and a half years or more that we have a direct sensation of that spark that is us so hmm. uh, yeah, and so when you talk about the illusion of the ego. That doesn't really start to happen. I mean, most of the experts will say uh, from three to six or three to twelve is when the human ego is formed. Uh, some experts are coming out now and saying the ego is still forming until you're thirty. <laughs> so it depends upon depends on which expert you're reading. But certainly huh. we know that the human ego is yeah that the, that the human ego is formed early. Uh, I think what the, the the new material is saying is is that uh, if you're going to change your personality. It probably has to happen sometime be- before 30 because by the time you hit midlife, it's kind of crystallized on a hard fixed structure a lot sooner. So what do you think of that? I mean that, that as we talk about the reality of the human soul and the mm-hmm. contamination or the illusion of the ego, uh, it's, it, it happens early. It happens as soon as we begin to start speaking as we take on the sense of I and me, as we take on the sense of identity. And we kind of lose that original sensation of being connected to to the universe, if you will.
3: Hmm. So, you think so about why why is the onset of of language why why is it why does that happen then at the onset of language? Because, because to me, yeah. Uh huh.
2: Well, it's it's because that's that's when the programming begins.
3: Okay. If, uh,
2: if, if, progr- if programming in a computer is zeros and ones, programming in the human condition is, are words. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So as
2: soon as we can form a word, which then forms a complete sentence, which forms a complete thought, the programming begins. And uh, and so the and so the conditioning, the training begins. Uh, so as we begin to learn language, we begin to learn our culture, our environment, how to communicate with it what we, to get what we want, what we need. All of that's happening. So as soon as that program takes over, the programming of language and the programming of ego takes over, um, we start losing or forgetting the sense that we were connected to before which is the synchronization of the heart of the mother just synchronization in general in fact the cocoon of the womb itself which is real time for us when we come into the world uh we're now in two-dimensional space because of the ego we're in Mm three-dimensional space with a dimensional with a two-dimensional perspective which is kind of what we have Uh, it's almost like we don't have any depth perception yet of course we don't until we get a certain age but but even internally we don't even start getting depth perception about which dimension am i really in am i in a two-dimensional world or a three-dimensional world and and from the ego's perspective it's Mm two-dimensional
1: so um Mm -hmm.
2: yeah so does Mm -hmm. that answer your question that that's when the that's when the programming begins when language starts yeah
3: well it does it does and so we start then believing that we are our programming which takes us out of a place of and i can actually shift kind of back into a place of what i would call pure experience where i let go kind of of um the thoughts and um just enter a place of pure experience where there isn't, I'm not identifying everything that I'm viewing as um, what I know it to be. So I let that go and I'm just in a place of pure experience. So it would seem to me that that's where we're at before we take on language and the identification of what everything is, which then creates that that um, uh, illusion of it's, that outside of us and us as if there's a a division. And I know there's a a place within me and I I experience it as soul where that division isn't there. There's, there's a place of pure experience.
2: And that's what we, what we mean a lot in the culture when we say children lose their their innocence, what they're really losing is, the sensation of that subjective experience, trusting that subjective experience, and and even being curious about that subjective experience, and instead becoming, um, you know, the ego kind of becomes the center of the universe, because it mm-hmm. because it, it 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 divides us uh, against ourselves, um, or and or against the culture, and we dwell on this, um, and it conditions us to our identity, our personality, and, and many of us attach our future hopes and dreams and anxieties and fears all onto that. And so, and then we have this these mental structures, if you will, that we end up describing, this is me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. as soon as we
1: yeah. begin
2: to identify with the mental structures, then that's, you know, that must be me. And, uh, and, and I might, you know, say that this is all normal developmental kind of psychology that we move into this, uh, this place, but I think what the soul's intent is about, or I know what the soul's intent is about is is that there is a time in our lives, uh, where we, we need to get back in touch with this in that time, at least developmentally without trauma, without a severe, uh, abrupt experience of some kind, uh, is midlife. And Mm -hmm. if we have that, if we have that opportunity in midlife, then uh, then that's the time we begin to start seeking uh, that lost self, or that lost sense of uh, uh, that something's off. Um, and we we have a sense of it. I think spiritual people have a sense of it for sure, but most of us don't have a sense that something's off mm-hmm. because we follow yeah. the mental structures to to you know to their conclusion. Yeah.
3: Yeah. and and one of the interesting things to me is and again it's it's personal experience kind of that I'm I'm falling back on is the intelligence of the soul i mean that intelligence is a knowing intelligence it's a much higher intelligence than the programming that we receive yet we have no we seem to have Lost our reliance on our own soul and and moved into a reliance on the ego and and so mm-hmm. to me that that would kind of um show why we've really lost our way and why what's happening in our world is happening in our world, but without the guidance of the soul and the intelligence of the soul, we are lost
2: yeah and it's i I like what's what you said because it implies a, a form of blindness and there is a there is a uh, an experience of ego that uh that produces blindness on the spiritual path because the spiritual path is an inner journey, and so the ego really can't see the inner the inner world so to speak it isn't mm-hmm. aware. Or conscious of itself, so it can't see its own reflection, and so that that tendency to be able to to reflect, to be introspective, this is these are personality qualities and traits that are usually coming from the intuitive side of the self. That spiritual people, if they if they know they have this, tend to hang on to it, intuition, you know, the idea of introspection, reflecting, mm-hmm. they hold on to that. Uh, because they know that that 's a a form of seeing their inner lives and examining mm-hmm. and observing their inner, the ego can 't do that the ego can 't yeah. do that, which is why which is why it 's such a problem in in spiritual work but but i I, I want to keep saying that this this is normal though it 's normal to to lose one sense of the human spark it 's normal to lose. A, a, uh, a sense of it. What's not normal is to live your entire life as if it isn't real or as if it isn't connected because it is.
1: And, mm-hmm. and you can
2: tap into it. You can, you can tap into it uh, as soon as you make the choice to tap into it. But now in the you know young period of our lives, we're kind of kind of distracted because we're trying to succeed and fit in and adapt and all those things. And so the soul and our relationship to it doesn't usually become important unless we're faced with hardship or trauma or something that wakes us up to it. And then, we're, then we have an opportunity, or if we're in a situation where we're seeing somebody else suffer, and that mm-hmm. touches us, and that moves us in some way, then we are back in touch with our soul again. Uh, but we don't think – I don't think many of us know that that's what's happening. When, like when you're watching a movie – uh, have you, you've heard people say don't go to that movie because it's a tearjerker you know
1: or that's mm-hmm. a date
2: mm-hmm. a, a date movie because the girls will like that movie because it's a tearjerker well uh, how many people sit in a the movie theater I was thinking of the Forrest Gump movie uh, and, and I'm not sure a lot of folks have seen that but there's a scene in the movie where um, they're at the house where this girl grew up in that is a friend of Forrest Gump and it's a house that she was abused in and uh, she's throwing rocks at the house and at some point she's so frustrated and so and she's so tearful she takes off her shoes and throws it at the house and Forrest Gump comes up and says sometimes there just isn't enough rocks
1: mm-hmm. and that
2: that phrase in that movie and that scene in that movie made me cry because it made mm-hmm. me think about the house I was raised in and the abuse that I went through and 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 so but how many people are sitting there in the movie theater, wiping the tears from their eyes and going like, where are those tears coming from? I knew exactly where my tears were coming from.
1: Mm. Most
2: people sit there, call it a tearjerker, take out their take out their tissues and dab their eyes and have no idea what was just activated inside of them.
1: Mm -hmm. And this is the point
2: we have. We have experiences every day when the soul is activated, when the heart is activated. And, and we need to know what is happening because it's an internal kind of sensation which creates an emotion, a feeling reaction, uh, which turns into an emotion in an experience, but we don't sit and go, like, where did that come from? What's that about? Yeah. Um, and that's, how, that's literally how you grow emotionally is examining your emotions. Uh, Uh you grow emotionally and you become more aware of your feelings by examining what those feelings are about. But most of us don't do that. Uh We'll sit in a movie. I mean, we, we can leave a movie and be angry and not know why the, why we got so angry about the movie. Um, And it's, and so, so those are the opportunities that kind of let you know that the soul is real. That isn't happening in the, in the ego you're, you're, you're angry or you're crying or you're moved by a particular uh, event like this because something is happening in your gut. It's happening in your heart. It's touching the soul's intent and the soul's dimension. And so, therefore, it's letting you know that it's real. Mm. Those tears, that anger, that frustration, whatever it is you're feeling in that moment, it's letting you know that that is real, that it is real. Yeah, and uh, And what is the ego? But what is the? I'm sorry. Go
3: ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just going to say, and if you don't make that connection of that it it's you, it's it's your feelings, it's your soul. If you don't make that connection, there's a real disconnect there. So, yeah, I don't know that. I mean, I always make that connection when I'm having that experience that what it's connected to inside of my, myself, but without that, there would be that disconnect. That would be a a strange experience.
2: Well, and that's what the ego does. the ego doesn't typically want to look at itself, it doesn't typically want to look at those particular emotions and feelings. And that's the point. And so that's why it, and it happens in a millisecond. It happens so quick that an emotion, something triggers an emotion or a feeling reaction to an an experience and an emotion kind of follows it because it's tied to a memory and then you're in it. And then as quickly as it happens, the ego sloughs it off, blocks it out of the way. Uh,
0: Mm -hmm. Unless
2: you have practiced in paying attention to that kind of stuff, that's what happens. And if you do that often enough and long enough and hard enough, you end up becoming numb. And that numbing – is, is a sensation of uh, uh, that if I numb myself I don't have to worry about any future hurt I don't have to worry about anybody getting through to me and the numbness is a low level form of depression well mm-hmm. what, I want to hear, what I want the folks to hear tonight is what you're numbing yourself to is the soul's intelligence you're having mm-hmm. a feeling or an emotion to a particular event because the soul wants you to see what it is you need to see it wants you to feel. It wants you to emote. And it also wants you to examine what those feelings and emotions are. So to make the choice to numb yourself is literally cutting yourself off from the soul. And well, uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. And, so and when, when you do dip.
3: that, yeah. And when you do that, then you would be following the guidance of the ego and end up living a false life rather than following the guidance of your soul that will lead you to exactly the places and people that are, are perfect for you and you're perfect for them. That's just how it would yeah. work.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's important to say here, Irma, is, is that the ego is not the enemy. The ego mm-hmm. is the aspect of the self that is that is... It is wounded. All it's really doing is attempting to defend itself. And what you want to mm-hmm. pay attention to is to those, do, do, do those defenses fit the present or are they dated? Mm-hmm. And if, if you want an image for a defense mechanism, I always tell people to imagine uh, that you're a full-blown adult and you're going back into the trunk uh, in your parents' house and you're trying to put on a T-shirt or a blouse that you wore in junior high school. You'll find out that it won't fit. It's way too small. Well, that's a defense mechanism that when you're trying to put on a defense defense mechanism that doesn't fit the present, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to force uh, yourself into a piece of clothing that is outdated and that no longer fits the circumstances, but this is – but the ego doesn't know that. You see, the ego can't tell the difference between an inside-outside experience, either can the body. Tell there is an inside-outside experience. And this is what you have to discern is that they are two different experiences, one that's going on yeah. internally versus one that's going on at, going out in the external. And so that's why mm-hmm. the show tonight is the, the soul's reality and the ego's illusion because the outside-external world is all about adapting, coping, enduring, holding on, fitting in. You know, getting to the finish line ahead of everybody else. This is the outside, external world. Internally, it's totally something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, knowing the difference between those two dimensions and those two worlds is is key. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I like that you continuously um, bring up and mention that the ego isn't wrong; it's wounded. And and I think that that's so important to to remember because it's almost like um, maybe a a really good way to connect to the soul is to have compassion for that wounded ego. Otherwise, you're kind of yeah. in that defensive place instead of because cause the softness and the gentleness of that compassion will. Um, lower the defenses and make it easier to that, connect that, to yourself.
2: And that's every helper on the planet.
3: <laughs> every <laughs> helper yeah.
2: that I've ever met in in my life uh, is being touched uh, by, the, by the pain of another. And that pain mm-hmm. is creating empathy and compassion for the other. And in mm-hmm. that sensation of the other... Uh, The the people are moved. And um, but when asked to apply that same empathy, that same compassion, the same understanding towards themselves, they don't know how to do it. Yeah. And so and so a lot of us externalize and sympathize and empathize with the world around us because it reminds us that we are alive. Well, the other thing it's reminding us is that the soul's alive because it is the soul's energy that is responding to that empathetic gesture or that act of kindness that you've just done. Yeah, you're having a metabolic uh, shot from the brain of serotonin that gives you a fix by showing an act of kindness. You get that same fix if you watch an act of kindness. But where's the energy that's uh, guiding you to do what you're doing to begin with?
0: Well, Mm -hmm. the energy is coming
2: from the soul and what what's pointing you in the direction of empathy and compassion well, that would be the heart, not the brain. The heart pushes you towards compassion and empathy towards another human being. And so you got the energy of the soul that literally is is providing the um, the battery, <laughs> you know it's the, it's the backdrop for the for the heart to be the compass. and so it, it it's interesting enough that when we when we apply our heart, in some empathetic way towards another human being uh, that we don't have to turn that needle around and point it at, our, at ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. We, we, we
2: see it as it's point, as, as as pointing outward. And that's an understanding because we're, that's kind of what's pulling us. That magnetic field that keeps that needle pointing towards our true north, that magnetic field would be the soul of the planet itself. <laughs> you know, the entire planet is uh, what controls that needle. And mm-hmm. uh that same magnetic field that, that kinda knows where true north is. It's the same magnetic field as the soul of the planet. If the soul of the planet mm-hmm. has a magnetic field and so do so do, do you have a magnetic field. Mm. Mm. And so and so really what the soul's intent is about is what gosh, what shape is your field in? Mm. You
1: know? Uh yeah. Science
2: says what you know. How's it vibrating? Is it vibrating at a low level? Are you trapped in all those low-level vibrations of sadness and fear and anger and disgust, or are you in a high vibration of gratitude, appreciation, and love, or whatever? We know that that magnetic field that is you changes complexion, changes tone and color and frequency based upon where you are with your emotions. So it's all related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah.
3: Something you you, you said um, when when the show first began, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I heard you say that it's normal to go through the process of up until three, we're in the experience of the soul, and then the onset of language, we start to get the programming of the ego, and we lose that soul experience. I think I heard you say that that's normal. It's something we all have to go through.
2: Yes, yes, because we're in the, if you listen to the experts, we're in the jungle (laughs) called life. And in the jungle of life, we have to, we have to learn how to adapt and how to cope and how to fit in and how to tie our shoes and clean our room and make good grades in school and get along with our neighbor and share our toys. And there's all these different things we have to do. So, yeah, in that regard, it's all it's all consuming. And so that's why it's normal. It's it's difficult to come into this existence. Uh, and not be consumed by all of these things that we have to do. Well, I mean, I mean, who was it that said? Was it John Lennon that said that life is uh, happens while you're out making plans? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. imagine imagine you're saying imagine you're saying that to a three year old. Life is something that happens while you're busy making plans. Well, who's making mm-hmm. plans for a three year old? <laughs> his parents. His kindergarten mm-hmm. teacher. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody's making plans for, and so that's the programming. That's the, that's the normal. So the plan is that we come into this existence, and, and I said this in the last show. I want to keep saying it so somebody catches it because it's a it's a it's a profound statement in the context of the soul's intent. We are spiritual beings having human experiences in the mm-hmm. story. It's not or and or human beings having spiritual experiences we know now we start out as a spark of life the soul was born this body is incarnate by that soul and we are in direct connection with it for at least three years so that is a spiritual being having human experiences it, it is true that human experiences take over uh, and and we instead of paying attention to what's in the container of this body, which is that life force that I'm calling the soul, we pay more attention to our aches and pains and the desires and passions of the ego. <laughs> so that's, mm-hmm. that's where we are with that. Until we don't yes. anymore. And, that, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what Yeah, me.
3: Something you said, and it, and it was uh, in, a, in a phone conversation we were having about being, uh, are we a, a human being having a spiritual experience or the other way around? And you switched it up a little bit. You said, are we a, a psychological being
1: or a spiritual yeah. being? Yeah,
3: yeah. And, and that kind yeah. of made a, a slight shift that helped me get that a little bit better to change Yeah, because it to it's, that. More, it's more valid.
2: Yeah. It's more mm-hmm. valid to say I'm a spiritual being having psychological experiences or I'm a psychological being having, you, having spiritual experiences. Well, we right. know it's the other right. way around.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so and we know that human beings are predominantly ego until they stop being predominantly ego. And if they ever stop. You see, mm-hmm. because that's really mm-hmm. what spiritual work is. What spiritual work is, is going back and recovering who we really are, what we really are. And 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 once we recover that, then we are collapsing all those identifications, all that programming to actually become the authentic, true self. And what is that authentic, true self? Well, it's an individual that is operating from an intuitive a sense of understanding of all of this an ethical view of the world and a direct connection to its real compass which is the human heart so so that that's it but you're not going to you're not going to get there without choosing to deprogram
3: well yeah uh,
2: and to and to recover and to heal that wounded aspect of the self because that's the biggest obstacle besides the original programming of the of the ego, okay. both, both personal and collective. The other problem is that you get wounds along the way. So it isn't just enough that you're a conditioned animal, psychological animal, uh, psychologized away from the spiritual being that you are. You also get wounded in that experience. And so you've also got to get the wounds taken care of. Uh, yeah. and so it's all, of. it sounds like a lot, but it's a, in my experience with it, it's a, Amino effect once you begin to heal the wounds then the ego begins to collapse and by collapsing I mm-hmm. mean all those identifications all those past tense ideas begin to collapse when the wounds begin to heal
1: mm-hmm.
3: All, all that you thought you were starts to fall yeah. away and, and the soul starts to be revealed. But I, I think what can happen um, depending on, on the person and how far they've gotten into the um, ego illusion, some people may not even realize that there's something to be recovered.
2: Oh yeah, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. the only time that you can get somebody's attention on that is when they're in a moment of, of despair. I mean, you know, the majority of, of, of us don't really want to look at any of this material unless we have to. Um, and that's unfortunate. I think that um, I think that spiritual people inherently have a connection to it, but they don't feel that they have to resolve it as much as they can imagine doing life any other way. I think true seekers... Um, know something's off, and they want to kind of sort it out. The non-seekers mm-hmm. don't have a clue that something's off. <laughs> they just think this is it. And so they spend yeah. a great deal of their time trying to, trying to buff and polish the ego and do all the things. Yeah. Uh, and so they stay very external with their life, and they don't really have much of an internal life. Remember, the whole the core teaching of the soul's intent is, is that it's, it's paramount that you give station to your inner life, that, that normal has a definition. It's when your inside world is congruent with your outside world, not the other way around. So that business of the importance of your inner life is the, is the core of what the show's about and certainly what it is that I teach us about is that this inner world is more real than the outside world. You know that you will know this if you spent any time in that world at all. If you've ever been sad or grieved uh, or had despair or suffered through anything, uh, then you will have touched this inner life that I'm describing. And you will know how powerful mm-hmm. it is and Something how rewarding I, I it did, is when you can.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah, definitely. Something I, 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 just got kind of an image of as you were saying all of that um, we had a conversation I think a few weeks back about um, incarnation
0: and, and the
3: importance of, of that word and the understanding of that in regards to the souls. and I was thinking a lot of times in the um, spiritual community transcendence has been um, kind of highlighted and to me transcendence is kind of um getting above the body, where incarnation is having the soul fully embodied, and there's a major difference between those two so what came up when you were speaking about the the inner life is that inner life almost becomes like a
1: uh, I
3: don't think this is gonna this word is really gonna work as far as the soul goes, but the inner life becomes like an anchor for the soul or a magnet. A magnet for the soul mm-hmm. to to kind of yeah. pull it into full embodiment, full incarnation. Well, that you're, inner life.
2: What what I want people to hear about this concept of the inner life is is it's technically inner space. I call this dimension and the terrain of this dimension inner scape, and I've spent mm-hmm. thirty years of my career mapping this internal landscape of your life. It is analogous to getting on a spaceship and going to Mars. It's that
1: mm. big,
2: <laughs> that large. It's and it, it and it is a multi multi-dimensional understanding. Your inner scape. It is real. Mm-hmm. It has bridges and trap doors and sharks and alligators and witches and dragons and all the stuff you see in fairy tales lives in that inner universe. Uh, yeah. And that. And, and internally, it is quite real.
1: Mm. Understanding
2: what the landscape is about and, and how to move in and through that is, is, I say to people all the time, it's like being able to see in the dark because that's mm-hmm. exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so, it's, so this, this is a dimension, this business of an inner life. But the words we use for it are intuition, soul, uh, all these internal kinds of words, but no matter what you use, it's not metaphorical.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
2: It's real. We only, mm-hmm. we only have to talk about it metaphors because we can't. That's like I had somebody say to me the other day that the heart's just a pump. And how can you trust the heart? The heart gets you in all kind of trouble. And so they first of all said the heart's a pump because they believe that's all it is. And second of all, that the heart gets you in trouble because they believe uh, that uh, love is what you see in Hollywood and what you see mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. yeah. And so they think that hearts get you into – you could leave it up to the heart, then the heart will just get you into trouble. Well, that isn't – that was a very egoic remark about the heart. The heart has no ego in it. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, and, and, and they merged the two, you see. They made the heart and ego one in that statement. If you listen to the heart, it'll mm-hmm. just get you into trouble. And I say all the time, egos act out, hearts behave. Oh, uh, no wow! Reason.
1: That's so so true.
3: Yeah. There's no ego in the yeah. heart. Yeah. There's no misbeha-
2: There's no misbehavior in the heart. So therefore, there is no ego. And people merge that's those two. And so that. Things,
1: doesn't it? <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> but, that's, but that, that's what a lot of folks do. They When you say that the heart's just a pump and when you say that the heart's going to get you into trouble because, you know, because you can't follow the heart because it's going to do something on impulse or it's going to, you know, do something crazy, that's, that's, that's Hollywood's heart. That's a romantic idea of what the heart is. The heart is a real, genuine, true compass. Okay. And, um, in fact, in fact, only points towards what is true, um, And yes, if you don't have a radar working uh, in other aspects of that internal GPS, your heart may steer you in a direction that seems like the wrong decision. But it wasn't a heart decision. It was a total GPS decision. In other words, your ego wasn't aligned. You weren't paying attention to what the soul was orchestrating. And you had no concept of what was driving you, what was pulling you, if you had a sense of those four things, then the heart the heart's not going to take you in the wrong direction at all but if it if the heart's kind of operating by itself and it wants to wants the best and wants to be romantic and make a romantic choice, yeah, it may lead by itself and make a wrong choice, but it only did that because the whole g p s wasn't online. That's the only reason that Oh. God. That, uh... yeah. The, the ego's got the
3: whole g p s the whole g p s is spirit, heart, soul
2: and ego, yes,
3: and ego, all kind of yeah. working
2: together together, yeah, and mm-hmm. so you can't blame it on the heart, you can't blame it on the heart, so if you make a bad choice, it isn't the heart's. it isn't the cause of the heart, you made the bad choice because those four uh, kind of organs of perception were not working in unison in some holistic integrated way. They were working independent of each other. And independent of each other, they're not nearly as reliable. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, they're only reliable if they work together in unison. Yeah. It isn't that wow. interesting that, and, this, and that person that said that, and is. that person that said that to was a nurse that <laughs> you can't trust the word. It's just a it's just a pump. <laughs> It was a nurse who said that to me, and I'm going like, and this is a nurse also that probably has followed her heart a couple of times, and got burnt, and mm. um, because because she, the other she wasn't the activating GPS, the other,
3: yeah,
2: yeah, she wasn't using her intuition. Mm-hmm. She had no idea what was driving her, had no concept of what was pulling her. And remember, what's mm. pulling you is the magnetic field that the heart is pointing at, and what's driving you is the angst of the human ego. And if uh, you don't have any sense of what's driving and what's pulling, then you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants, and that's a lot of it.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can see if
2: you isolate the, if you, if you isolate any one of those organs of perception, with the, with the exception of the soul, uh, they're going to they're going to steer us in the wrong direction. The soul doesn't really mm-hmm. uh, since it, since it provides the um, the energy and kind of orchestrates us to see what we need to see. It's the it's the above orchestrator of it all. So it's mm-hmm. just trying to get us to see what we need to see, and sometimes it's it's not always good stuff <laughs> that we see.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you mean by and that's, that? And
2: that's the, well, what I mean is is that sometimes the soul has us uh, goes ahead and lets us make uh, the choices mm. because it knows that, that all of the uh, the organs of perception are not online, so it wants us to see that.
1: Mm-hmm. Wants us to
2: see that our 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 compass isn't broken, our ego's defective.
1: Mm-hmm. Where our compass
2: isn't broken, the human spirit's angst is too volatile, or it's where we we're you know the angst isn't fully understood. In other words, the soul makes us see what we need to see, so we'll fix these organs of perception and get them lined up with one another like they should be. The soul's right, that's not going to Yeah, that's the yeah.
3: self-correction. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and yeah. something i was yeah. i was thinking uh with the the ego the heart and the spirit and the soul being kind of the observer of it all and that we're really human antennas and when we have everything kind of working together we're plugged directly into the source mm-hmm. of electricity we're we're plugged into life itself and kind of that flow is exactly. just Energized. I mean, the energy would never be depleted when those things are aligned well, and working together. Well,
2: what is, what is that? What is that line? I'd rather to have loved and lost and never have loved at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That
2: now is that an e- is that an ego line or is that a is that a heart and soul line? You think?
3: I would say heart. and soul. I'd rather to have
2: loved and absolutely right yeah. <laughs> because the ego <laughs> doesn't want to the ego doesn't want to lose a damn thing and so in mm-hmm. so other words the 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 heart and soul is if it if it's moving towards what it feels to be a place of love, truth, and freedom it's going to continue to move in that direction. It would rather experience that than to not experience it
1: mm-hmm. and it's
2: not going to sit there and spend a whole lot of time analyzing it now the ego would
1: The mm-hmm. ego would
2: and if i have a and if I have a lot of history of hurt feelings and I have issues with trust, that I'm not going to be able to take the risk that the heart and the soul might want to take, you see.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That, yeah.
1: Yeah. If that makes hmm. sense.
3: Yeah, it does make sense. I, w- I was thinking in, in um, preparing for the show tonight, um, you know, the, the topic being the soul's reality versus the ego's illusion. And, and I kind of was just playing, you know, it, inside my own self thinking, well, would my soul, what would my soul have to say on this show tonight? And I thought, well, probably not a whole lot because <laughs> the soul to me is much more experiential. And so for for me to get in that place of soul, I would be sharing more um, what I am experiencing rather than what I am thinking because that to me seems more more ego based and I thought, well, then Irma, you have to include both of those tonight because uh, it would get awful quiet on the show if you were just in your soul experience.
2: Well 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 the soul well the soul does well the soul does actually have a response to that. How is it that you put it what would the soul say about the, the topic tonight? Is that what you yeah, is that how you yeah. said that? What huh? what what yeah. the soul would say about the topic if you actually ask it is uh the soul's reality is that the ego is not the compass that is the soul's mm. reality mm. and uh and so that's what they would have to say about it tonight that rather than rather than say uh the soul's reality uh, and the ego's illusions, the soul already knows that the ego is not. The compass it's made the default compass for the external world so they so the soul's reaction would simply be that to it it is clear and obvious that we have substituted the wrong compass in place and that is its reality and what is the significance of that reality well it can't fully be incarnate if the ego is running the show it can't fully Uh. be in this moment can't fully be in this body because it's
1: mm-hmm. constantly
2: distracted by the, by the ego's meanderings and whatever. So that is that is the soul's reality. I, I am at the mercy of your lack of vision, you, mm-hmm. you the human being. I, I, I am at the mercy of your lack of clarity. I am at the mercy of your lack of emotional growth and spiritual depth. I am at the mercy of these things. But, you know, nonetheless, I'm going to continue to orchestrate your life for you to see this. Until you die, <laughs> and
1: mm-hmm. you're either going to
2: see it or you're not, and that's and that's kind of where you're at. And I, and I think spiritual seekers have a sense of this. Uh, non spiritual seekers probably don't, unless they're faced with trauma and despair and hardship, and then at that moment they have an opportunity to to kind of get a, a vision or a sense of the soul's direction, the soul's guidance, uh, but not until then. But. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I, I think was, it's important for the yeah. listeners.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I was just going to say, I think it's important for the, for the for the folks to hear that that you know I say that the soul's intent is for us to arrive, and I've recently just said that I've been dancing all around the word that that the soul's intent is that that you be incarnate, that you be embodied. Um, mm-hmm. What I want to, what I want folks to hear is that your soul is trapped.
1: Yeah,
2: it's suffocating. It's suffocating. Oh, unless unless you are getting these organs of perception online and synchronized with one another, it is suffocating in some sense. How do you know this because you are suffering? That's how you know this
1: oh my the gosh, suffering is happening
2: yeah. the suffering is happening for you to correct that uh when I say trapped, I don't mean like like trapped and it can't get out or trapped and it's imprisoned mm-hmm. and it can't. Free, I mean, it is contained in the vessel that is your body, and in that containment, it is at the mercy of whatever your body is doing, mm-hmm. and thinking, and feeling, and emoting, and and so therefore, it is trapped in that regard. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't mean that, and, and so and so the and so that's the significance that I, that I wanted to get out there. That uh, then we when we talk yeah. about the, the soul's reality, the soul's reality, I am trapped because. You have made the ego the compass. That's the soul's reality. Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, mm. and, I
2: can, and and I and even though I came into the world a spark of light, and even though I am a a very large field of energy today, I cannot actualize my full potential until you grow up and take hold of all of your potentiality and all of your and and, and all of your capabilities. And this is really what the soul would say if it could speak.
3: I think yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Something I, I felt in in connection to tonight's show, and I, I just wanted to, you know, spend a few minutes of acknowledging the the chaos that we're experiencing in in our world, and specifically, mm-hmm. um, in in our society, and and what that's about, and. Um, in connection to tonight's um, show, the cell's reality versus the the ego's illusions, because that has a lot to do with the chaos that that we're experiencing. And I just just wanted to spend a, a couple minutes acknowledging that and talking about that because it's so connected. It's so connected to the the topic of tonight's show. Yeah, you think? Because,
2: because, oh, yeah, because because what you're saying is, is that we are we are so immersed in ego that we are divided and we are uh and we are uh, we're depressed, we're anxious, we're angry, frustrated, all these different kinds of things. And it's playing out in the press and in the local news every day.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, yeah.
2: and so and so it, it, it's a sensation of how the ego is kind of running the show. And mm-hmm. if the soul was allowed to uh, to to guide us in the way that it's capable of guiding us, and if the heart was fully online, you would have a much more empathetic, uh, much more compassionate interaction uh, amongst us rather than the competitiveness and the harshness and the aggression and all the stuff that we see. Absolutely, yes. So they are related yeah. i mean it it's kind of and that context that is the that is the outward battle that is taking place uh between mm-hmm. the soul uh and the ego um the outward battle uh is that uh the soul is uh hasn't got any station at all if you if you look at at the newspaper and look at the local news <laughs> yeah it is, it yeah. is a conflict. Yeah.
3: yeah and and instead of um kind of like becoming defended in fear to realize that the acting out is the wounded soul it's the wounded soul that's acting out i mean that's what we're seeing
2: Yes absolutely Yeah, yeah. until we get to a place where we, and and until we get to a place where we see the fragility in all of the of ourselves as human beings and see that we have strength because of that fragileness that we are. And that it's that very fragileness that brings out the compassion that we are capable of, um, that this fragileness has a place. It isn't to mm-hmm. be taken advantage, of. it isn't to be violated, it isn't to be uh, uh, to be controlled or overtaken by or constricted. This fragility is a very important part of who we are as human beings and um, mm-hmm. we know this when when somebody else's fragility touches us, because it reminds us how fragile we are, mm-hmm. and uh, if we could if, if we could see that in our day to day lives and understand that this is the this is the conflict that's taking place, uh, that the soul if we give the soul station if we give our inner lives station if we if we activate this internal GPS I keep talking about, then we see the whole world differently. It's like a panoramic view versus in my optic kind of narrow-minded view
1: mm-hmm.
3: that we don't live in a vacuum. Yeah.
2: And that, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. So, I, I
3: just really wanted to mention that because, you know, when I was thinking of, of tonight's show, that's, that's where my sole experience was it, it, having so much compassion for all the chaos and all the violence and everything, all the appearances that are happening around us, that I just felt so much compassion for that and and a softness for it rather than, a lo- actually a love for it rather than a fear of it. Because I don't, yeah. if you fear it, it's going to get worse rather than loving it and understanding it.
2: Yeah, and again mm-hmm. that that that's being able to get up to, to be able to get up above the circumstance, which is kind of what the soul does to you know, to be able to see the larger context of all this, that we we're we're so fighting the uh, these black and white morality kind of wars amongst ourselves about who's right and who's wrong, and we're missing the ethic, which is we're kind of all in this together and uh, mm-hmm. so we mm-hmm. have to figure out a way to figure out a way to get along as a people. And it's uh, it's hard to do that when you're when you're fighting these two-dimensional battles of uh, who's right mm-hmm. and who's wrong and, and mm-hmm. who's weak and who's powerful, and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But was there something anything else I, uh, about this particular topic? Good. Well, yeah,
3: something I, I thought would be I, – I just loved um, when I came across this today. It's from the uh, Tibetan book of Living and Dying. Um, hmm. Let's see. Two people have been living in you all your life. One is the ego, demanding, hysterical, calculating. The other is the hidden spiritual being, whose still voice of wisdom you have only rarely heard or attended to. When we learn to transcend the illusions sponsored by the ego, we can access the this wise guide we can invite in the higher aspects of ourselves to function in their natural loving and integrated design i just love that Beautiful. yeah,
2: yeah. That's, and that's a perfect yeah. closing that's a perfect closing for the show actually yeah thank you for that yeah. Roma. okay okay well Okay, so then the the game plan is uh, for those of you that are reading the um, show descriptions is that Irm and I are going to just have live conversations over the next I don't know eight to ten weeks, uh, and we're going to call it the Life Conversation Series. And we're going to post uh, the show description will be the same every week, but the title will change. And we're going to be talking about those particular titles as they as they arrive. If you have any anything you want us to talk about. Uh, certainly feel free to email me at my name, that's Ernie, V-E-C-C-H-I-O, at outlook.com, and send me any of your suggestions for show topics or if you have any questions at all. Uh, And I appreciate everybody listening. And Irma, thank you so much, and I'll see you next week.
3: Thank you. Good night, Ernie.
0: Thank you for being a part of the soul's intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher Ernie Vecchio. This is the show that can open your mind to things you never thought possible. While problems manifest psychospiritually, on a most essential level, there exists an energy component that provides the instructions for these fields to enter awareness. And The Soul's Intent is here to help you learn what these instructions are. Join us each week to learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom. And how, in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice.